Hey, welcome back to Well That's Interesting, the action-packed ride no one asked for edition. Today is episode 130, live grenade removed from chest, and what happens if you hang on to helicopter blades? You heard me. I'm Jill Chacha, and boy, howdy, you're in for a treat. My friends, not only did we make it to 100 episodes, we're now knee-deep in triple digits, having made it all the fucking way to episode 130. And to celebrate, what better way than covering medical history? My friends, especially my fellow cozy American friends who have never seen a minute of combat except for what's mimicked in RPGs, even y'all know actual war is hell. And for one young man in Ukraine, hell manifested. As you can tell by the title of the show, a fucking live grenade had embedded into his chest and it was up to an already depleted hospital staff to save his life while not detonating the thing, killing everyone in the process. Yeah, that's the first half of the show. And then after the break, uh, we've got the Tom Cruisiest situation to ever Tom Cruise. Um, what, if, what if you are hanging onto a helicopter blade by your hands and then someone turned the helicopter on? Now, if this sounds like a ridiculous situation, uh, you're right. And my friends, after the break, it's everyone's favorite new segment. Let's read from a book, motherfucker. And yes, that book is still What If, Volume 2 by Randall Monroe. Uh, dearest Randall answered that question. Uh, it's on page six. And as you can guess, it's not going to end well for the person attached to the blade and for the person inside the helicopter either. Oh, you thought only one person would be fucked in this situation? No, not, not, not in this show. Everyone's fucked. Oh, by the way, if this is your first time listening, <laughs> welcome to the flock, Business Goose, and pack your bags. We're heading on over to Earth's freshest hell, Ukraine. Now, this isn't the first time we've gazed upon the horrifying ingenuity and the lengths humans will go to all to kill another person they've never met. Uh, here's a fun example. Back in episode 093, let's talk about these dolphins for a minute. Uh, we talked about some dolphins. <laughs> Uh, specifically dolphins trained by the U.S. government to watch over the world's largest stockpile of nuclear weapons. I will say that again. Dolphins are watching over the world's largest stockpile of nuclear weapons. Now, some are also used to detect mines or trespassers. Some, as it's rumored, have been trained to take down enemy combatants. Supposedly. Possibly. Possibly, maybe. But... But don't worry, it's not only the U.S. using cute aquatic mammals for warfare. Uh, right at the start of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, satellite images taken by the U.S. company Maxar and analyzed by the nonprofit military association U.S. Naval Institute show that two dolphin pens were placed at the entrance to Sevastopol Harbor, uh, located at the southern tip of Crimea. Crimea, of course, was stolen slash annexed by Russia in 2014 in a strategic in a strategic military move, and now it's filled with Russian-trained soldier dolphins. And you can't make this shit up. Anyway, if you want more details, please have a listen. If you haven't, that was episode 093, and that was just an intro to another example of one way to fight a war. Grenades. And boy howdy, just like with all technology, even grenades have shrunk in size, but their power and range, of course, has grown. May I introduce to you the VOG grenade, V-O-G. Now, according to the online catalog, ro.ru, that's R-O-E dot R-U, that's a catalog, uh, the 40 millimeter VOG 25P 
The Vogue 25M and the Vogue 25PM rounds are designed to be fired from grenade launchers attached to assault rifles. Yeah, I'll say that again too. Uh, grenade launchers attached to assault rifles because my friends, what's an assault rifle if there isn't a grenade launcher attached to it? Now these grenades, by the way, uh, can be fired from up to 400 meters away from their target. That's a little over 1300 feet. You'll never see it coming. Uh, the grenade itself doesn't look like the old timey green ones that are kind of like the size of, or a shape of an apple or a potato. No, no, no. These tricky fuckers are designed to be tiny and mighty. They're only about two inches in length and maybe an inch or so in diameter. Uh, as for the shape of the one we're about to talk about, um, well, I'm sorry, y'all, but it kind of looks like a butt plug. It's, it's the butt plug of death. <laughs> it's like there's really no other way I could describe it. Just come on over. Come on over to our social media stuffs. Uh, tap on today's post and behold, uh, you will see an x-ray. And that x-ray, my friend, is of a, it's the chest of a very lucky 28-year-old man. And as you can see, this va grenade is still intact but has embedded itself just underneath his heart, just missing that organ. Yes, I know, it did not explode and it just missed his heart. It is, however, very much still alive ammunition. So let's get into this story. On January 9th, Hannah Malayer, Hannah Malayer? Hannah, Ukraine's Deputy Minister of Defense, <laughs> posted this X-ray image on another hellscape called Facebook because that's the world we live in. Uh, Malayer went on to describe an incredibly tense and delicate situation. The man was still alive, just like the round in his body, and to save him would take a goddamn miracle. Enter Andre Verba. Andre accepted the task of removing this grenade without detonating it, and of all people, he was probably the one with the best odds to do so. Andre had been described as one of the best and most experienced surgeons in Ukraine's armed forces, but he couldn't do this alone. For you see, my friends, every movement, every cut, every time a medical instrument touched this guy's chest, Andre had to be sure those vibrations wouldn't trigger the device. So he needed some expert guidance, to say the least. So with him were two combat, combat engineers uh, slash service people who were heavily involved in landmine clearance. So this is the dream team, right? No pressure. They've got this all wrapped up in a nice little package. Well. No, here's the thing. Not only was movement a concern, so was the standard procedure of electrocoagulation, which happens during surgery. Now, what the fuck is this and why could it be a problem here? Don't worry, I looked it up, I got you. As explained by Rebecca Sohn of LiveScience.com, quote, electrocoagulation is a common method to control bleeding that works by using an electric current to burn the edges of blood vessels, cauterizing a wound or incision. End quote. So, my friends, in this bonkers case, doctors were concerned that electric current would set off the grenade. So this standard go-to method wasn't used. They had to control bleeding by kicking it old school to a time before electric currents. And if that sounds messy, it fucking was. Um, I'll have a photo of the operating room waiting for you on our social media stuffs. Uh, but you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Don't take a look just yet. You probably want to know, how the fuck did this surgery go? Well, all right, drum roll, please. 
Anton Garashchenko, Ukraine's internal affairs advisor, told the telegram, quote, the unexploded part of the grenade was taken from under the heart. The grenade did not explode, but remained explosive, end quote. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> so, uh, he went on to say uh, the patient is about 28 years old and is undergoing further rehabilitation and recovery. Oh, boy. Uh, my friends, yeah, everyone is alive. The soldier, the doctors, the nurses, the people who carefully carried the man to the operating room, everyone survived. Hell, okay, now, now you can head on over to our Twitter or Instagram and have yourself a gander at one of the medical professionals donned in a bloody gown and gloves holding the VOG grenade. Just, just take a peek at some modern warfare when you get a minute. Fantastic. So, other than holy shit, I know what else you may be thinking. Has this ever happened before? My friends, of course it has. So hold on to your butts and other body parts if you so fancy it. According to the journal Military Medicine, there have been 36 cases of unexploded ordnance being removed from US patients between World War II and 1999. That's 36. Uh, in our post 9-11 world in 2006, quote, a team of U.S. military doctors in Afghanistan removed an unexploded grenade from the abdomen of Professor, uh, professor Private Channing Moss, a U.S. soldier. Uh, in 2014, doctors removed potentially explosive ammunition from the head of a 23-year-old pregnant woman in Afghanistan. Uh, although the object turned out to be a non-explosive metal bullet, it seems Seems pretty intense still, but anyway, doctors took precautions similar to those taken by Ukrainian doctors in the recent case, such as foregoing the use of an electrocautery device, end quote. And that was also from Rebecca Sohn of Live Science. So, my friends, pulling out all sorts of dangerous rounds has become so common, the U.S. Department of Defense's Joint Trauma System has official guidelines on how to handle these instances. It's actually a document. It's a document called Unexplosive Ordnance Management, UXO, and it's available online right now. Just give the name of Google. Unexploded Ordnance Management. Uh, it was first published in 2009 and last updated in 2017. And I guess that's because there's always something new to learn when it comes to safely removing unexploded weapons from combat patients. After the break. <laughs> Channel your inner Tommy Cruise. We're hanging on to dear life to a helicopter blade. All right, let's see what happens. All right, stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please stay interesting. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots, shots, shots! Now streaming. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2, rated R, now streaming only on Hulu. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, my action hero friends, it's imagination time. We're a few hundred feet above the snow-covered Alps. If you're American, you've got three guns in one hand, and your other hand is gripped to the smooth rotating blade belonging to the helicopter of a villain with a catchy name. Please think of one. I don't have the time. You're struggling against the wind, the nausea, the speed of the rotation, and you're choking on your own heroism. You slip and tumble towards the earth, but luckily you're wearing a jacket that doubles as a parachute and you glide safely into northern France. The villain gets away and a sequel will have to be made. My friends, this is complete bullshit. And we're about to get into what really happens if you find yourself at the end of a helicopter blade. Ah, that's right, it's everyone's favorite news segment. Let's read from a book, motherfucker. And the question du jour, what if you were hanging onto a helicopter blade by your hands and then someone turned it on? That's on page six of What If, volume two. It's a glorious thing. Again, this isn't a commercial. It's just my way of sharing what you should be reading or at least adding to your pile of books that you'll get to eventually, maybe. So, my friends, if you or someone you know is hanging onto a helicopter blade just when the craft is starting up, I'm afraid not much will happen. You'd plop right off and onto the landing pad. I know, don't turn off the episode. Stick with me. Just, just keep listening, I promise. I promise it will be devastating. Quote, helicopter rotors take a little time to speed up. 
Once the rotor starts moving, it might take 10 or 15 seconds for it to make its first full turn. So you'll have an uncomfortable amount of time to make eye contact with the pilot before you rotate it out of view. Luckily, you probably won't have to pass in front of the pilot a second time because you'll fall off embarrassingly quick. Hanging onto the smooth surface of the blade would be hard enough when it was standing still, but even if you found a comfortable handhold, you'd probably lose your grip before the blade finished a single turn. End quote. I know. So, my friends, it's not the action-packed sequence you were thinking, I know. Well, first, let's get into why exactly you'd fall off, and what would happen if you somehow did stay on for a few rotations. What do you say? All right, let's find out. Quote, if you tried to hang on to the end of the rotor, you'd find yourself flung outward surprisingly hard. It might take five to 10 seconds from the time when the rotor starts to when it makes its full half turn. If you were hanging on, by that point, you'd already be swinging noticeably outward and you'd feel an extra 10 or 20 pounds of weight from the centrifugal force. Luckily, most helicopter rotors are close enough to the ground that you'd probably survive the fall with only minor injuries and bruised dignity. <laughs> if, you managed, if you managed to hang on, things will get worse very fast. By the time the blade makes one full turn, the centrifugal, centrifugal force will, will be pulling on you even harder than gravity, causing you to swing way outward. The extra force would be the equivalent of the weight of another person clinging to you. End quote. So, my friends, it doesn't matter how Tom Cruise you are. Gravity and your own crushing weight will put a stop to these shenanigans. But I know why you're here. Rational answers be damned. We're going to make this shit fucking work. I know what you're thinking. I want to attach my body to that damn blade and see what happens. Well, okay, fine. First, you need some sort of anchor, like magnets or glue on your hands. Just pick your poison, all right? I'll give you a moment to choose, okay? All right, please let me know what your setup is in the comments section and the social media stuff. So I really want to know what you chose. So anyway, let's start this fucking helicopter. Quote, if the rotor kept accelerating at its normal rate and you somehow stayed attached, then after another full rotation, you'd be swinging almost straight outward with your hands trying to support many times your own body weight. If you hung on for 20 seconds, the rotor would be making one revolution per second, putting several tons of force on your hands. After 30 seconds, you'd have lost your grip on the helicopter one way or another. End quote. That's right. That's right, my severely injured friends. Your hands would probably still be attached to the blade, but you wouldn't be attached to your hands. And fucking get this, you're not the only one that would end up in pieces. Quote, this experience wouldn't be any more pleasant for the helicopter than for you. The rotor wouldn't be able to keep accelerating like it would during a normal startup. After all, if your hands are experiencing this much force, then so is the helicopter. A blade is designed to handle many tons of tension, but the tension is carefully balanced between the blades. If one blade is exerting more force than the other, it will yank the helicopter back and forth like an unbalanced washing machine. Adding a human-sized weight to the end of the blade would cause the helicopter to flip itself over and tear itself apart long before it got up to speed. End quote. So, my friends... If you just have to stop a villain who's getting away via chopper, don't use your body. Maybe use someone else's body or merely attach something heavy. And that's all you have to do to save the day and your hands. So thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about 
yeah, hanging onto helicopter blades and uh, live grenades being pulled from people's chests because that's like a thing that happens like all the time. <laughs> so please, <laughs> stay interesting.